1: Hey, it's Markay from the Markay Show. You hear me every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to noon on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's news and talk. First of all, thanks for listening to the Markay Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes and Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative.
0: You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show.
1: The first hour of the Mark K Show starts now. Just how
2: many Democrats are left in this race?
1: Uh, too many. <laughs> Until there's zero left, it's going to be time? This is the Markay Show. My name is Markay. Thanks so much for joining us today. Folks, uh, we're so excited that you're here. And it is whatever you want Wednesday today. Whatever you want Wednesday is a great day. For those of you that – and we get a lot of new viewers and listeners every single day. We lose a lot too. But, you know, that's just – that's the yin and the yang of it all. And I'm not talking about Andrew Yang because he's no longer in the race; he dropped out. Uh, but that's the yin and the yang of this thing. Some people come in and they go, "Wow, you're great." Some people are like, "Man, I've listened to you for six weeks and I just can't take anymore. I feel like throwing my head against a wall repeatedly." And that's fine. I mean, we we get it. I sometimes I sometimes get annoyed by my own voice too. Uh, but on Wednesdays, what we do is we try to give it, we try to give it, you a little respite from that. We try to say, "Hey, enough of what we want to talk about. Enough of what we think is cool. Let's find out what's really on your mind. Let's give you the opportunity to come on the radio station either." By by calling us or by sending us an open mic message in the mobile app. And you can take advantage of this great, uh, you know, of this great power that we have to broadcast to, you know, dozens of people around the Jacksonville area. And of course, you know, now worldwide. Oh, by the way, we would like to point out that this radio station is federally licensed. And that means that it's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Because until Bernie Sanders becomes president, that's what our government is. That's, we are still a republic. We are still of the people, by the people and for the people. And if you federally license a radio station to somebody, it's your radio station. And that's why that's another reason why we like to do this each and every Wednesday. So give us a buzz if you want to talk about the New Hampshire primary and why Joe Biden doesn't just drop. it see, here's the thing that I don't think people realize. People aren't understanding or for whatever reason, they're not covering it, that Joe Biden Joe Biden left New Hampshire yesterday before the primary was over. He left before any of the results came in. He'd rented a hall. He had, you know, like a band that was going to play. There were balloons and things. And he knew that he was going to do so poorly in New Hampshire. He just said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to take our dog face pony show uh, out, to, out to South Carolina. But South Carolina isn't even next, the next battleground. He didn't just seed New Hampshire. He also seeded Nevada. Because the next thing coming up next week is the Nevada caucus. And then it's South Carolina on the 29th. And then we get into Super Tuesday. So Joe Biden didn't just say, okay, we lost Iowa. Uh, we're going to just, we're going to throw in the towel in New Hampshire. He's also neglecting the Nevada caucus and he's moving right on into South Carolina, which a lot of people feel a lot of people feel is still what they like to call his his firewall. And that uh, that's a that's a sure thing. That's what that means. The firewall, the South Carolina voters, they're going to pick Biden because they're old and Southern and they just they stick with what they know. They know Biden, the African-Americans in South Carolina. They trust Biden. Although the polls would tell you otherwise, the polls would tell you that nobody really likes Joe Biden anymore, that nobody really trusts Joe Biden, that Joe Biden is maybe even too old for them Southerners in South Carolina to vote for. And that, and that black people, African-American voters, they may like Michael Bloomberg, or at least they did until that video that was released uh, yesterday with the audio of him talking about, you know, throwing them up against the wall and frisking. And that's you know what that's neither here nor there. That's back when Michael Bloomberg was a Republican. And we'll talk about that here. We'll get to that here in just a minute, because, you know, you always it's tricky when you change parties like the wind. You know, it's, it's tricky when you change political parties more than you change your socks, that it's difficult to because your old positions will come back and haunt you. Your old positions will come back and bite you. And sure, stop and frisk seemed like a great idea when you were the Republican uh, mayor of a a city like New York, which was crime ridden. But now that you're a Democrat running for office and you need African-Americans to vote and you need to pander to the African-American community, it's really difficult. And it's really inconvenient for all those old interviews and recordings where you said, hey, we could just, you know what, you know what, you take a description of a perp. And uh, you know, uh, black male, age twenty five to thirty four, you could just Xerox that and hand it out whenever there's a crime. That's basically what Michael Bloomberg's um what Michael Bloomberg said. Anyway, you know what? That's a whole. We'll get to that in the next hour. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. So here's the deal: we come out of New Hampshire, and as predicted, Bernie Sanders is the big winner. However, he really lost. He really lost. Bernie Sanders won New Hampshire. But he lost to New Hampshire because, A, he didn't win New Hampshire by nearly as big a margin as he did last time around when he was going up against Hillary Clinton and Martin O'Malley. He didn't win New Hampshire the way Bernie, Ham- uh, Bernie, Hampshire. <laughs> Bernie Sanders was supposed to win New Hampshire. Pete Buttigieg came in dangerously close. And in the end, get this, Pete Buttigieg and, and, and Bernie Sanders got the same amount of delegates coming out of New Hampshire. They both walked away with nine delegates, even though Bernie Sanders got a whole one percentage point more than Pete Buttigieg. Now, who do we blame for that? Well, some people might blame Pete Buttigieg. Other people might blame Amy Klobuchar because Amy Klobuchar did way better than she was supposed to. She got 19.7 percent of the vote and she walked away with six delegates. So, even though Bernie Sanders won New Hampshire, he tied in the delegates. And Mayor Pete from South Bend, Indiana leads the delegate race for the nomination. Mayor Pete, who is 38 years old, comes out of the Midwest, nobody knows anything about him. He is now leading in the delegate count after the first two nominating states, Iowa and New Hampshire. 22 for Pete, 21 for Bernie, 8. For Elizabeth Warren, seven for Amy Klobuchar. And I'd like to point out, Amy Klobuchar got most of those yesterday. And Joe Biden is in fifth place. The only person behind Joe Biden is Andrew Yang. And he got so few delegates, he dropped out of the race yesterday. Andrew Yang took his gang and they went home. And so now heading into Nevada, you've got Joe Biden throwing in the towel, basically, on that one. And he's waiting, praying that South Carolina delivers him a massive victory. Because as we said yesterday, if for whatever reason Joe Biden fails to place first in South Carolina, it is over for him. It's pretty much over for him now, but he can't. There's no way for him to defend himself. There's no way for him to explain how he's going to maintain any kind of run for the White House if he if he loses the first three nominating processes and then and then and then loses in a state where he was up by 30 points just nine months ago. Now I know what you're thinking. What happened in nine months? What happened in nine months that created this horrible free fall for Joe Biden? Well, Joe Biden happened. Joe Biden happened. The the Democrats happened. The Democrats, listen, whenever there's something really good and it gets ruined, chances are the Democrats are to blame. Anything that's great in this world, if it gets ruined, if anything in America that we are like, oh, man, that's an amazing system or man, America is fantastic or man, America is just awesome. We have the best blank in America, whatever it is, if it all of a sudden starts to go down or decrease in value or if it just gets ruined or if you look at it and say whatever happened to that, it was so great. The odds are the Democrats ruined it. And Joe Biden is a prime example of that because Joe Biden came in and, and the irony is. The irony is Joe Biden came in at the request of the Democratic Party. Joe Biden came in because when they looked at Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg and Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar, when they looked at all of them. The Democratic National Committee said there's no way any of these people can be our nominee. They're going to get clobbered by Donald Trump. And if, God forbid, they win, we're not going to be able to control them because Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are communists. And Pete Buttigieg is a communist in sheep's clothing. You have the three most progressive candidates ever to run for president, even more so than Barack Obama, at the top of the Democratic delegation field right now. And that's why they begged Joe Biden to come out of retirement. Joe Biden, when his son, Beau Biden, died, he gave up on politics. He said, I'm not running for the nomination in 2016. I'm going home. I'm grieving with my family. I'm passing the torch on to Hillary Clinton. She's your man or woman or man. She's your candidate. And he stepped aside and he left and he did nothing. He did nothing at all. He didn't run for anything. But two years later, when the Democrats realized they had no successor, They had nobody, nobody that could beat Donald Trump. They went and they grabbed Joe Biden and they said, you've got to come out of retirement, old man. You've got to come out, Obi-Wan. We need you. The evil empire is, is rising. We need you to come and fight. And Joe Biden begrudgingly, begrudgingly came out of hiding, went on the campaign trail. And what's and he started polling really well. He was the frontrunner in every one of these states. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, nationally. People loved Joe Biden. People thought Joe Biden was going to be it. Joe Biden was the best thing since, really, oh, Barack Obama for the Democrats. However, the Democrats, like they do with everything, take something great and just destroy it. And that's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did with Joe Biden's presidential hopes and dreams uh we'll get to more of that here in just a minute 855-765-1045 is the number 855-765-1045 it's whatever you want wednesday so whatever you want to talk about give us a buzz right now go to the open mic feature in our mobile app 104.5 wokv in your itunes store or your google play store download it send us an open mic message we will get it on the air next on 104.5 wokv
2: Best position to beat Donald Trump in November because we can unite our party. If only you
1: could unite the voters in New Hampshire. <laughs> That's the first step. Hey, anyway, what's up? This is the Marque Show. My name is Marque. Also in Iowa, too, because uh, Elizabeth Warren, get this Elizabeth Warren came in fourth in New Hampshire. Elizabeth Warren came in fourth. And Joe Biden came in fifth. Now, I know what you're thinking. Who came in first, second, and third? Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders came in. Well, I guess Bernie Sanders was the top spot. But Pete Buttigieg currently leads in the delegate count. And then you have Amy Klobuchar coming in a surprising third in New Hampshire. Man, if she's not going to be really excited about that. Um, 855-765-1045. Uh, Joe Biden, I mean, his, his candidacy is over. He's holding on. He's going to hold on through Nevada and uh, through into South Carolina. But then after that, he's got to go back to Delaware and just hide his head in the hand. The, the sand And just wait for the um, wait for the uh, attorney general to come knocking on his door and serve him a subpoena to talk about Burisma, because, look, Joe Biden was he was uh, a victim of his own party. He was a victim of his own party. The, the House of Representatives, the Democrats in charge of Congress, they ruined not just themselves, but Joe Biden's chance at ever becoming president. And in doing so, they ruined their power struggle uh with Donald Trump. The easiest way to get rid of a president is to beat him in an election. The hardest way is to trump up some kind of phony charge and impeach him, as the Democrats found out. And the big problem is they didn't take out Donald Trump the way they planned. They took out Joe Biden. And now they're left with Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, and Elizabeth Warren. Eight five five seven six five one oh four five is uh is the number. Neil in Orange Park. How you doing, Neil? Hey, how you doing? Hey, great, Neil. How are you? What do you want to say on whatever you want Wednesday today?
2: Well, the second thing I want to say first, and that is a month ago you had Olympic sports, and I wanted to throw cornhole in there, and you have to have an alcoholic shot after you make it in the hole and see how far that competition will go before the people start falling on their face.
1: Okay. Oh, that sounds, got... All right. That's great. Well, uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to uh, write to three months ago and tell them.
2: what uh, <laughs> What was the second hey, thing you wanted uh, to say? So, so the main thing I call for today is, what happened to all these superdelegates that got Hillary Clinton elected? Why couldn't they give them all to Joe Biden and fix it for him like they did for Hillary?
1: Yeah, you know why? Because they fixed it for Hillary and she failed. The superdelegate problem was a problem for one person, and that was uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, a lot of people think, could have won last time around if it weren't for these pesky superdelegates. Well, they redid the whole system. Super... Well, they redid the whole system now. What they've done is they basically, they've stopped calling them superdelegates, and they've called them um Automatic delegates, same, same damn thing, and they've they've spread them out a little bit more. So there is a there is a loose count online of who's going to get what. And Bernie Sanders looks like he's going to get 22 unpledged delegates. Joe Biden's going to get 68. Now the issue is with Hillary Clinton, the super delegates. I mean, they were they were they came into play because she was also getting delegates in the actual primary. She was actually winning. Joe, But you can't just hand Joe Biden. 1038 delegates or whatever the hell it is to get the nominee you can't just do that you've got to actually have somebody who can win some delegates on their own joe biden gets the most automatic delegates he gets 68 all right he gets 68 automatic if joe biden just cash it in right now he would have 68 automatic delegates but he has no other delegate i mean he's got like two coming out of iowa or even one he got none yesterday so it's going to be a real hard uphill battle for him. And if Bernie Sanders keeps coming up with these unpledged delegates, and if Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, keeps coming up with these these wins, if if he wins in Nevada or even comes in second in Nevada, he'll be in a great position to go into South Carolina. And and you know, momentum is huge. If you because think about this, and this is maybe something that Joe Biden doesn't know about because he's never run a successful campaign for president. But if you come out of of New Hampshire with a win. And you go into the next state, the people in the next state, the Democrats that are going to primary for you are going to go like, oh, wow, I'm definitely voting for that guy. He just won. He's got the he's going to be the president. I want to say I voted for him in the primary. If you had a loser like Joe Biden coming into South Carolina who has no votes, who has no delegates, who has no wins in the first three primaries and you were planning to vote for Joe Biden, you might change your mind, wouldn't you? You might go, you know. I was going to vote for creepy old Joe, but now that I realize it's probably a waste of my time and I'd be throwing, I'd just be throwing my vote away. I'm probably going to vote for someone else, that Buttigieg guy whose name I can't pronounce. I'll play, I'll, I'll, I'll vote for him or maybe, maybe even Bernie or Amy Klobuchar. She seems nice. You know, yeah. Why? I mean, Joe's, Joe's washed up. Joe Biden may win South Carolina, but he's going to lose the nomination and he gave up way too soon. He should have stayed and fought and tried to win in any way that he could. But he didn't. And, and again, half of it's his fault. Half of it's the fault of his party who destroyed him by trying to implicate Donald Trump for something that Joe Biden actually did and And Barisma and the Ukraine and Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump, and having your name and your son's name dragged through the mud and reported on television and blowing up at reporters whoever asked you the question, the guy they always joke about they always joke about Donald Trump not having the temperament you know he didn't have the temperament to be he't be president he didn't have the temperament, oh really, and Joe Biden does. Joe Biden, the guy who calls his own supporters, the people who are out there trying to trying to help him, the people who want to vote for him, calling them names like, like uh, dog-faced lion. What was it?
2: You're a lion, dog-faced pony soldier.
1: Yeah, lion, dog-faced. That guy, sure, that guy's got the temperament. I'd love to see him tell King John, uh, Kim Jong-un, you're a lion, dog-faced pony soldier. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of your phone calls coming up here in just a minute. It's the Markay Show on 104.5 WOKB.
0: Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between ten and twelve. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are. You hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show.
1: This is the Mark K Show. And let
0: me
3: say tonight that this victory here
1: is the beginning of the end for Donald Trump. Oh, he misspoke there. He meant Joe Biden. That's what he. That's what he meant. Joe Biden. Oh, I mean Joe. Biden. And let me say tonight that this victory here is the beginning of the end for the Joe Biden? That's what he—that's <laughs> what he meant to say. <laughs> that, that's what that clip said. He was—he he was confused. He was excited because he just won New Hampshire. Although he didn't really win New Hampshire, he tied New Hampshire because even though he got more of the vote, he got the same number of delegates as Pete Buttigieg, who still is—I mean, still is in the lead when you look at it after two after two uh, primaries—the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary—leading into Nevada, where he's going to probably have a strong showing again. Pete Buttigieg, the surprise winner. 855-765-1045. Kelly in Jacksonville, welcome to Whatever You Want Wednesday. Kelly, what do you want to talk about? Mark! Hey, Kelly. Hey, hey wow. Hey. hey. This this morning I was listening on our
3: local forum, and our, they had uh, Warren made a little quote. She's yelling, we have two states behind us and 55 more to go and one. Um, damn, I, know. I forgot the name of it again. What is it? Uh, anyway,
1: Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Territory. One, territory, Thank right. You.
3: I did. That second time I forgot it. <laughs> it's so important. Um, but yeah, I did not know if anybody else had heard it. Where
1: she came up with seven more states? No, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, Barack Obama thought there were fifty-two states, so uh, it gets confusing. It gets confusing. I know that in total, because there's other primaries, like the D.C. primary, and I think I think you know the American Samoa or something has one too. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's really only fifty states. So if you take two out, then there's forty-eight. Are
2: you sure? Sh- you're are we go. sure about that? Now? Are, are right, sh- no. Are we? sure? If the Democrats are saying it's fifty-seven, we need to believe them. Well, you're right. Maybe,
1: <laughs> maybe Adam Schiff came up with his own map. The way he came up with a, uh, the way he came up with the, um, you know, they need more electoral votes. So uh, when when Adam Schiff was faced with the transcript of the Donald Trump phone call to the Ukrainian president, and he didn't like it, he just made up his own. Maybe they're looking at the electoral map, and they're like, how the hell are we going to get two hundred and seventy votes away from? Do- you know what we need? More states. Let's okay. Instead of fifty, we'll make fifty-seven, and those seven states will all have ten electoral votes, and we'll just make. Well, that's great. And Donald Trump won't even be on the ballot because he doesn't even know about him because we just made him up. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Ryan on the west side. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Happy whatever you want Wednesday, Ryan. What did you uh, What did you want to talk about? Well,
3: uh, you know, I've been sitting here. In today's age of social media, yeah. branding is so important. It is. And the Republican brand has got this just negative annotation to it that we're all racist, that we're all ignorant, we're all dumb as all dumber than a box of rocks. All right, now I I think that we need to start trying to rebrand what the Republican Party is and try to get some of these facts of history out there. But are we even gonna be able to do that with this Donald Trump Uh, whatever syndrome, derangement syndrome, or whatever you want to call it, this absolute hatred of Donald Trump, where 10 years ago, before he ever ran, he was considered a great person.
1: Yeah. Look, Ryan, let me stop you right there, because you bring up a great point. But branding, when it comes to political parties especially, it's two-sided. And, and, yes, the Democrats try to brand Republicans and Donald Trump as racist, as misogynist, as xenophobic, as, uh, you know, in it for the rich looking to screw the poor. That's what they are trying to brand the, the Republican Party as. But on the contrary, Donald Trump is doing a fantastic job of branding it for what it really is. It's the party of lower taxes. It's the party of less government. It's the party of stronger military. It's the party of, hey, let's not actually be the worst. It's the party of stronger borders. It's the party of, um, you know, lower unemployment for minorities. It's the party of inclusiveness. It's the party of peace. It's the party of liberty. It's the party of all those things. And when you look at what the Democrats try to do, the reason you think that the Democratic Party is branded as, as, as racist, no nothing idiot hillbillies is because he got Don Lemon and his Never Trumper friends on CNN all the time talking about how we can't even find Ukraine on the map. We can't even do y'all, y'all Democrats with your books and your learning think you're so smart. I just reposted that video on my Facebook page this morning. Go check it out. That's what CNN's branding the Republicans as. But Donald Trump is rebranding the the Republican Party as what it really is, all of those things. And you can see that. You can see that when you have all of these African-American leaders coming out and saying Donald Trump has done more for this uh this group of individuals, African-Americans, uh than than Barack Obama or any other president has. You can see women rally for Donald Trump in a way that women have not rallied for a presidential candidate in decades. You can see uh, like broad support from different. Look at the states that won the Democratic Party or that won uh, the Republican um, th- that the Republicans won. What the hell am I trying to say? Look at the states that the Republicans won in 2016. Michigan. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, those are the bluest of the blue states, blue collar northern states that have voted for Democrats pretty much since before this country was a country. And Donald Trump came in and he won Wisconsin and he won Pennsylvania and he won Michigan. How did he do it? Not because the Republican Party is branded as racist and xenophobic and misogynist hillbilly stupid heads. It's because we are branded as something that is that is low taxes, low government interference, a better economy, safer borders, safer, stronger military, make America great again, America first. That's the branding. Make America great again, that's the branding of the Republican Party, not the CNN uh, narrative, not what MSNBC says, not what these small few who are just petrified with fear that they're going to lose even more states this time. And they are. They are. Governor Sununu in New Hampshire yesterday, he said Donald Trump is going to win this state easily. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I'm paraphrasing. But basically, Donald Trump, he lost to Hillary Clinton in New Hampshire by, gosh, what was it, like a quarter of a percentage point? He lost by 3,000 votes in New Hampshire to Hillary Clinton. And, and Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg, they're not going to be able to make up that deficit, especially when Donald Trump rolls into New Hampshire, fills these stadiums with tens of thousands of people, loyal supporters, some of whom Never. This is Brad Parscale. He's the uh, he's the he's the campaign manager, and he is everything you want in a campaign manager. Because when you go to a Donald Trump rally, you don't just stand there and go USA USA. No, you get people talking to you. You get you get uh, you know they fill out forms when you go online to register your ticket. You're put into a database. They can look and they can see how many people at this party are Democrats. Twenty five percent. Twenty five percent of people at the Donald Trump rally in New Hampshire were Democrats. How many people have never voted before? 19%. 19% of people at the Donald Trump rally have never voted before. Now, do you know this? If you attend a, a presidential rally or if you donate $1 to a presidential candidate, you are 93% more likely to vote for that person in November. So when you have 19% of 50,000 people who've never voted but went to a rally and 93% of those people are going to vote for the first time in November for the can- Candidate They rallied for Donald Trump has New Hampshire locked up and that's a state he didn't have before. Now let's look at what's going to happen in Minnesota because Donald Trump went to Minneapolis and despite all the best efforts of the governor and the mayor and and Antifa and the Democrats to stop him, he had one of the biggest, most successful rallies ever. And he hasn't even he hasn't even begun. Wait till you see what he does in New Mexico. Wait till you see what he does in Colorado. Wait till he pinpoints blue states. And unlike other Republican presidential candidates who came before him, he doesn't write them off. He doesn't say, well, cancel New Mexico. It's out. Cancel New Hampshire. No, he goes, there's no way in hell these people are happy with the Democratic Party. If these people saw what we've done in the last two years, if these people saw what we have planned for the next four years, they would gladly cross the aisle and come and vote for us. Donald Trump doesn't see blue states as states to write off. He sees them as states to attack. He sees them as an opportunity to go out and get more, more people excited about his message, more people excited about his agenda, more people excited about the election, more people excited about what the Republican Party is. And it is not anything that you see on CNN. It is the exact opposite. Great question. Eight five five seven six five one oh four five. Listen, we gotta take a quick like quick break, but we got a ton more people that want to comment uh for whatever you want Wednesday here. Eight five five seven six five one oh four five. This is the Marquis show on one oh four point five WOKV. Chance of Amy with some rap music in the background at the Amy Klobuchar's uh, success or victory. It's, it's, Amy Klobuchar. Here's the thing about Amy Klobuchar. Everyone's all excited about her because she came in third. She came in third. And everyone's excited like, oh, my God, how did you come in third? Uh, when really, I, you, who does she have to thank for that? Joe Biden. Because if Joe Biden didn't didn't you know stink up the joint, she'd still be fourth or fifth. But Amy Klobuchar is all excited. She thinks she's got a chance. Um, she thinks that she's going to be the one that gets the nomination, and she thinks that she's going to be the one to beat Donald Trump. And she just came in third in
2: New Hampshire. I cannot wait to win the nomination.
1: Wow, that is <laughs> that's, I can't either. I can. If Amy Klobuchar wins the nomination. I'll vote for eight five five seven six five one oh four five. It's whatever you want Wednesday today. I'll try to get to more questions and not, you know, ask hear one question and then take 20 minutes to answer. Matt from Jackson, Minnesota. How you doing, Matt? Not too bad. How's Mark? I'm, I'm great. Where's Jackson, Minnesota? What part of the state is that?
3: The southwest corner, if you know where Sioux Falls, South Dakota is, it's okay. about an hour
1: and a half or less. Yeah, sure. And we were just talking about Minnesota because I, I I looked it up over the past break. In the last election, Hillary Clinton won Minnesota 46.4% to 45%. Like It was like one and a half percentage points. And I don't think no. you have a candidate that's going to be as strong as Hillary Clinton in Minnesota. I think with a little work, Donald Trump could win that state too.
3: Uh, very little work. A lot of people are starting to realize. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, what was
2: your question, man?
3: Okay, a couple uh, a week to ten days ago, Sean Hannity did a report, and I was watching it, and it was talking about this new bill the Democrats are trying to pass, and it's like the No Way or New Way Freedom or Freeway Act for illegal immigrants. I don't know if you've heard about it.
1: The new – what
3: is it? It's like a freeway or – what it is is it basically – says if you're an illegal immigrant and you come over here and commit a crime, you're not getting deported. Oh. Unless you're going to serve more than a five-year sentence in prison.
1: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's called, yes, I did hear about that. I did hear about that. Um, now, the, I was just wondering what your opinion
3: on that was, and obviously the president will be to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. The awareness we're in a position right now where Congress no, I mean, the Senate took control under Mitch McConnell of the entire uh, of the entire basically congressional process when they a allowed no witnesses in the trial of Donald Trump and then b acquitted him on both charges despite Mitt Romney's attempts to be cool. Um, and so what's happening now is it's really kind of it's really kind of shot the Congress down. And unless they get to work on initiatives that are truly bipartisan, like you said, nothing's going to go anywhere. The Senate's not going to bring it to a vote. They're definitely not going to approve it and send it to the president's desk. And the president would would veto it 100 percent. So this is really a wake up call. And Congress really they've got two choices keep fighting Donald Trump, keep pushing this ridiculous hoax idea, keep fighting for uber liberal agenda items like what you just suggested, or realize that they're basically they have they have less power than they thought and they have less standing in the government and they've got to really work together. So, hey, maybe we can start talking about affordable um, prescription drugs or maybe we can start talking about infrastructure or the things that Donald Trump said in his State of the Union. Donald Trump was very clear in the State of the Union address. He said Here's the items that I would like to work on. A lot of them are bipartisan. Criminal justice reform, you saw everybody get up and applaud. So, Congress, maybe you could take this State of the Union address as like a checklist and see which things you like best. And let's start working together on those because those are truly bipartisan issues that we could get some work done on. Only problem is they don't know what those issues are because Nancy Pelosi tore up her copy of the State of the Union. So, that's it. So we'll see. Well so they're gonna go back to you know trying to get illegal immigrants out of jail. Eight five five seven six five one oh four five James in Jacksonville. Thanks so much for calling the Mark K Show. How are you, James?
4: Hey Mark. I hey, called it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um Joe Biden, when I said Joe Biden wasn't gonna win a skate.
1: I remember that. you uh, did call it. Props uh, to you, James.
4: Yeah. I mean, uh, Joe Biden's out of there. Uh, this whole thing with the black community loves Joe Biden and Mike Bloomberg is a total joke if you went if you went down the street and asked african-americans showed them a picture of mike bloomberg they couldn't tell you who he is <laughs> um i mean no nobody likes mike bloomberg in the black community nobody likes just joe biden is building up just south carolina firewall i'm gonna tell you like this mark if barack obama ran against trump today trump would get more african-american votes than barack obama
1: that's i 100% that's, agree with you absolutely he would I, I'm,
4: I'm telling you like
1: this: whoever the Democratic
4: nominee is, Trump will get more of the African American vote than whoever they put up there. And so, you, I mean, they have no chance in winning.
1: It's James, with. you're right. You're right. You're right. And he's not going to. He's. Do you think he's going to even win South Carolina? His his quote-unquote firewall.
4: Joe Biden is not winning the state. Oh, All right, this Mike Bloomberg. Yeah.
1: Mike Bloomberg is not going to win a state either. All right. All right, James. Hey, listen, thanks so much. James, and I do remember he called in. He said, I predict right now Joe Biden's not going to. The problem that Democrats have with the black vote and the African-American community is the problem they have with every group. They think they're stupid, and they're not. They th- And they think the same thing about Republicans. You know, they think they underestimate the Republican Party. They underestimate the conservative movement. They underestimate Donald Trump supporters because they think we're all idiots. And they think the same thing about African-Americans, the African. They'll vote for us because Donald Trump's a racist. Oh, yeah. Prove it. You know, they, they don't they don't just take your word for it because because you're the Democratic leadership, because Barack Obama said so. You know, African-Americans, Asian-Americans, women, Hispanics, Republicans, we can all think for ourselves. We don't need you to tell us what to think. And if you didn't learn that in 2016. You're going to learn it in 2020. 855-765-1045. More of your phone. We got traffic, weather, the news coming up, and then more of your whatever you want Wednesday phone calls and open mic messages on the way right here on 104.5 WOKV. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12.
0: Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show.
3: This is the Mark K Show. You're a line dog faced pony soldier.
1: Yeah I am Eight five oh by the way we got to get t-shirts that say that eight five five seven six five one oh four five is the number and it's, it's whatever you want Wednesday today, and typically what we do on whatever you want Wednesday is we just open up the phone lines, we let you call in, we let you talk about whatever you want and a lot of people want to talk about a lot of people want to talk about the primaries in New Hampshire and what's going on moving forward. Uh, a lot of people want to talk about who they think is going to be the nominee. a lot of people want to talk about you know mayor Bloomberg and does he even have a snowball's chance. Um, James has called in and said, <laughs> James has called in and said, you could show a picture of Mayor Bloomberg to anybody and have the people be like, who is that? Which is probably true. I mean, look, like, you can spend a lot of money on advertising. You can spend a lot of money on, on Facebook ads and commercials during the Super Bowl. You can spend a billion dollars. But what you, and you, you, what you can't necessarily buy is somebody's affection. I mean, there's some girls that I dated in college You could, but you can't buy somebody's affection. And Donald Trump, Donald Trump didn't become loved and appreciated and respected because he spent a lot of money on advertising. Donald Trump became loved and appreciated and respected because, A, he went out and he met the people and he talked to the people and he and he explained to the people, hey, here's how I think we can make America great again. And he didn't belittle the people. Donald Trump has never insulted anyone at his rally at all, who came out, who took the time. Think about this. Think about this. This is a big difference. And we should there's a ton of them because I've been to a ton of Donald Trump rallies and there's a big difference between the two at a Donald Trump rally. Donald Trump realizes that these people are supporters. These are the people that voted for him. These are the people that want to vote for him again. These are the people that buy the hats that say make America great again. These are the people that buy the T-shirts that say lock her up. These are the people that that stand in line in the rain and the snow in Florida. I mean, the beating sun in Orlando when he announced his rally, it was 100 degrees in the sun. And there's no breeze coming off the ocean because you're in Orlando. I mean, there were people passing out, but they didn't care because they wanted to get in and see this guy. And he realizes that and he appreciates that. And that's why he never says a bad word about any one of those people because he loves them take on the flip side of the aisle. The Democrats, where Joe Biden goes into a room with a handful of supporters, maybe 100, maybe 200. If you count the fat people twice and he's talking, taking questions, he's talking to folks and he gets a question he doesn't like. And what does he do? He insults the lady who asked the lady, the young lady, the person you're probably supposed to show the most respect to. He insults her. You're a lying dog faced pony soldier. You're a lying dog faced pony soldier. And then he scratches his head and goes, wow, how did we ever lose New Hampshire? 855-765-1045. There was an article on Drudge. I guess it was The Washington Times this morning. I'll try to find it. But but basically it's it's um, it's basically the title or the gist of the article is maybe Joe Biden's losing because he's just a big jerk. (laughs) And I have to think, I mean, look, in the end, people vote for people that they like. You know, people do business with people that they like. If you're in sales, that's the first thing they'll tell you. It doesn't matter what your product is. It doesn't matter what your pitch is. Are you likable? Because I'm not going to give money to somebody I don't like. I'm not going to vote for somebody that I don't like. I'm not going to listen to the radio if I think that guy's a big jerk. I don't like that guy. Do you know how many people don't listen to this show because they think I'm a jerk? I mean, to them, I probably am. But to everyone else, you know, that listens, I like that Marquette. You know, Rush Limbaugh. I love Rush Limbaugh. You know, when when he made his big announcement, we all felt like sad. We felt like we were, you know, oh, there's a friend of ours going through going through something horrible because you like the guy. Joe Biden is just so gosh darn unlikable that that that's why. Yeah, maybe he is losing because he's just a big jerk. Jim on the north side, hey Jim, how are you?
2: Hey Mark, um, yeah, I want to talk about Joe Biden. I cannot figure out whether he's trying to win the nomination or lose it. I mean, I know what you just said. He's out there insulting his supporters. You know about calling them names, but now I just heard that um, he recently paid a, the greatest compliment to Mayor Pete. He said Mayor Pete is no Barack Obama.
1: <laughs> ah, that, that is, I did, I did hear that. I wow, if, he, if he, Mayor Pete's going to skyrocket after that, that's a great, that's a great point, Jim. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're no Barack Obama. Well, thank you, uh, Senator. I appreciate that. Or well, Vice President Biden. Look, I mean. People I've heard the whole Joe Biden is trying to lose thing. And I don't first of all, I don't buy that because, first of all, Joe Biden doesn't need to try to lose. He's lost enough presidential elections on his own when, you know, when he's actually tried to win. I think Joe Biden is just the kind of person that again people don't really like. he's kind of that old school back room I mean if there was ever a guy in the Senate making back room deals with a brandy snifter full of cognac and a cigar you know and and you know a really expensive suit uh and a roast beef sandwich on i don't even know what playing cards whatever that's him he's the epitome of the old school back room deal Democrat. He's the guy, and I think people see that. And the way he treats people, the way he talks down to people, the way he smells people, it's just, it's just, you, you just don't, you can't appreciate that kind of guy. And you definitely don't want to give him your vote. Um, but yeah, you're <laughs> maybe, maybe he is trying to lose. Uh, this is Jimmy on the West Side. Jimmy, how you doing? Thanks for calling the Marque Show.
2: What's up? What's up? What's up, Jimmy? Hey man, I love your shirt, man. I won that price package. I'm
4: thinking these I wear it all the time. People ask me. Who it is? And I'll tell him it's Baby Jesus.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Well, thanks. Thank. I appreciate. It. I, I I think I appreciate that. Anyway, what'd you uh, what'd you want to say?
2: Hey, I got a question, man. Sure. That Bloomberg guy, if he's running and he's spending all this money, where, where where's he at in the New Hampshire? Like when they do all the little stuff, I don't know where's he at. Is he hiding or or is he special guy? He doesn't have to be there. Yeah, basically. I mean, here's the
1: thing: you're you don't have to be. In all of these primaries, you don't have to go and campaign in the states. And he's opted not to. He's he's waiting for Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday is when he's going to make his mark. He's going to get on all that because don't don't forget, he got kind of a late start. You know, he decided after everybody else. OK, I I see that this is a this is a very tainted field. Um, I see that there's not going to be anyone here who can who can beat Donald Trump. So I'm looking forward to Super Tuesday and I'm going to skip Iowa. I'm going to skip uh, New Hampshire. I'm going to skip. I think he's even Nevada and South Carolina. And he's spending all this money so that he can get on the primary ballots for Super Tuesday, which is coming up. It's March the 3rd. You know, it's, it's only a couple of weeks away. And that's when he's going to come in and try to make as big a splash as possible and get as many delegates as possible. Uh But no, he doesn't. I mean, you'll you won't see him getting any delegates from Iowa. You won't see him getting any delegates from New Hampshire because he wasn't even on the ballot. He didn't even he didn't even he didn't even try. Um Doesn't mean that he can't still come in and be the nominee. He he 100 percent could. And if if these races are as close as they are, through I mean the other thing is this whole contested convention. What happens if there aren't enough delegates delegated to one candidate? What if what if Buttigieg and 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 Bernie Sanders uh, keep splitting the votes everywhere they go? And what if Bloomberg and Klobuchar keep being buzzkills? You know, and they keep coming in and getting nineteen, twenty percent of the vote and stealing delegates. What if you get to the convention in Milwaukee in July and there's no clear cut candidate? That's going to be awesome, because if you can't get to July, if you can't get to your Democratic National Convention without a clear-cut winner, without a clear-cut favorite candidate that the majority of Democrats around the country can agree would be the best person to take on Donald Trump, then that basically means that the Democrats can't agree on who the best person is to take on Donald Trump. So watch this very closely. 855-765-1045. Eddie in Tennessee. How's it going, Eddie? Eddie. Morning Mark. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, man. What did you want to say, Eddie? Yeah, i just got a couple observations. Sure.
2: Aren't these aren't these the guys that go to like Princeton and Harvard and all these top knowledge top notch colleges and mm-hmm. get these fancy
3: degrees and political science. Um, I just think it's funny that these people go to all these colleges and they're so stupid. It must be that these people <laughs> It must be when when they fail at the bottom of their class, their teacher tells them, well, don't worry, you'll at least have a at least have a run in as a politician. So don't worry if you didn't graduate top of your class, you can still run for president.
1: Now, look, it's funny. And you're right about that. Typically, typically all of these presidential candidates have gone to the top notch schools. Joe Biden went to the University of Delaware. So he's kind of, he's, he's actually a little different. Uh, Bernie Sanders went to Brooklyn College, I think, and he swung by the University of Chicago, and I don't even know where Pete Buttigieg went. Um, we'll Google that quickly, but you're right. Typically, these are the people that spend a majority of their time in the top educational, uh, you know, learning institutions in the country, learning about politics and law. Uh, but really what that teaches a lot of them is, what it teaches a lot of them is that they are better. Than Everyone else that they are elite that they are smarter and richer and are, are entitled to more and more things that the rest of us aren't because we didn't go to those schools. And when you're running for president or really any public office, pretending that you're better than somebody acting like you're an elite and thinking that you're entitled. Those are the three worst things you can have as a candidate for anything. I don't care if it's president of the United States or agricultural commissioner of the fourth district. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of your phone calls coming up. This is the Marques Show. Whatever you want Wednesday continues next on 104.5 WOKV. <laughs> Mark K. Show. My name is Mark K. Thanks so much for joining us today, folks. 855-765-1045. You know, there was an actual casualty from the New Hampshire primary.
3: Tonight is not the outcome we fought so hard to achieve.
1: Yeah, so if you were uh, hoping on that $1,000 a month from Andrew Yang, I'm sorry, but you're not going to get it. You're going to have to go back to work and get your own money. Uh, know, it's, it sucks to be a Democrat. 855-765-1045 is the number. Kevin in Kentucky, how are you, Kevin? Thanks so much for calling the Mark K. Show. Uh, doing pretty good, how are you? Oh, doing great, man. What did
2: you want to say today on
1: whatever you want Wednesday?
0: Well, I was kind of wondering whenever they're going
2: to start pushing the Congress uh, part of the election because, you know, the only way we're going to make President Trump even better is to get rid of the Congress.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, if, that's a great point.
2: If, yeah, and if we don't hurry up and get them on the row and get them all acknowledged of who they are, what they are, and what they stand for... We might as well be shooting
1: fish in a barrel. Yeah, no, I. You're and you're right about that. And that is something, By the way, there, there we were shooting fish in the barrel. Uh, and that's a great point. The Congress is important, and in fact, you're going to start seeing now. Now that you've got these first couple of um, first couple of Democratic primaries under under the belt, you're going to start to see more and more of these congressional um districts start promoting their candidate. In fact, there was a woman, a uh, uh, this Hispanic reporter from MSNBC or CNN or something, she just announced that she's going to try to uh unseat AOC in Brooklyn. She's going to she's going to try to primary her and take her seat away in the upcoming election. That's a that's an uphill battle. But she's not going to be the only one. you're going to start to see that over and over again. Um, but it is important. you're right. and I think Donald Trump understands this. He knows that that the Congress has been a thorn in his side. But Donald Trump the last time around and i've I've held that this was a plan and a plot of his campaign and and his presidency since 2000, uh, 2018 in the midterms. Donald Trump pretty much saw what was going to happen with the House of Representatives. Also, I don't think he hated that the Democrats took over the House of Representatives, because look what happened. They became the common enemy. You know, in in 2016, Donald Trump had an enemy. It was it was crooked Hillary Clinton. It was crooked Hillary and everything she'd done and lock her up. She was an enemy of the United States of America. She had a record of doing these terrible, horrible, no good, very bad things. She was easy to attack. and, And when you have a common enemy, you can easily rally people around that common enemy. And then when Donald Trump came to power, he had what? The Senate was under Republican control. The House of Representatives was under Republican control. The Supreme Court was under Republican control. He was the president. There was no enemy. And so in 2018, when Donald Trump went out to campaign, who did he campaign for? He came here to Florida and he campaigned for uh, Ron DeSantis to be governor. He also campaigned for Rick Scott. And he went around the country campaigning for a lot of senators. And the other day when he was thanking everybody at his acquittal uh, press conference in the White House, it took several hours. It was his big thank you tour. He went around and he said, I picked you. I picked you when we came to when we came to this state and that state. And we said, you're our guy. We had no idea how great you were going to be. Donald Trump knew that he was going to lose the House of Representatives, so he ignored it. He probably embraced it. He's like, great. I'm going to have all these bastards coming after me with pitchforks. They're my new enemy. The Democrats in the House of Representatives are the enemy, the enemy, not just of me, but of everyone who voted for me. They're the enemy of the American people. And it worked like a charm. And they played that role better that you couldn't have written a better role for the House of Representatives. Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff. Lying about stuff, literally making up a whistleblower report with somebody that he's close to who's been implanted in the in the Trump White House since day one. You could not if this was a James Bond script or some kind of Marvel superhero movie, you could not have written better villains than the House of Representatives under Nancy Pelosi and Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff. They were perfect and they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They rallied the people around the hero, Donald Trump. And Donald Trump walks out of an impeachment, uh, a presidential impeachment trial with not only two acquittals, but also the highest presidential approval rating of his entire career. It worked like a charm. And because Donald Trump in 2018 spent his time rallying Republicans in the Senate, that acquittal was a piece. It was a cakewalk, even without Mitt Romney. And now, now that the real work is beginning and now that Donald Trump realizes he has four years left, I think you're going to see the opposite. I think he thinks the Senate's secure. I think he's going to spend his time going out and rallying people to vote in congressional districts where Democrats are weak. I think he's going to have rallies in places where the Congress needs to come together and, and where the people need to come together and vote out. Whatever Democrats are in power, because if you have Donald Trump free and acquitted of any ridiculous charge that the Democrats came up with in their impeachment, if you have Donald Trump with a strong Supreme Court, if you have Donald Trump with the Senate and if you give him the House of Representatives back in Republican control, I mean, forget you think America's great now. It's going to be we're going to be living in utopia. It's going to be nirvana by the time 2024 rolls around. 855-765-1045. Quick break. Traffic weather news. We got a bunch of people commenting. We have some open mics we're going to get to here in just a minute. It's whatever you want Wednesday on 104.5 WOKV. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12.
0: Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show.
3: This is the Mark K Show. Mark, president participation awards or something, huh? Third place? Fourth place, fifth place, but not first
4: and
1: second place? Yeah, it's weird. It really is. It's like, you know, Bernie Sanders won. By all accounts, he won by a full percentage point. But he gets the same amount of delegates as this guy who comes in second? How does that even work? But then third and fourth place, they're even more excited. Like, Amy Klobuchar, you'd have thought that she won this thing she came out she came out in third place who comes out in third place and is like well that's it man we are we are headed to victory
2: i cannot wait to win the nomination except you got two dudes ahead of
1: you both of whom have way more delegates way more momentum way more money and oh yes there's a billionaire just waiting in the wings to come in super tuesday and take all the delegates that you haven't been able to accumulate but man i guess look i guess if you beat joe biden in new hampshire that's a win that's a win for Amy Klobuchar, Eight five five seven All right. uh, it, is, it is whatever you want Wednesday, so we have to get back to the phones. Henry from McClenny, How are you, Henry?
2: Great, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. Yeah, uh, two parts, two parts. Uh, number one, I think the Dems, have, socialist Dems, have come to realize there's no hope, and they're very frustrated, because Russia, Russia didn't work. Right. didn't work. Right. Right. And his Trump's approval ratings are through the roof. Yeah, and fake and fake uh, news media are really frustrated with the leadership of the Democratic Party right now. Yeah, because uh, they've been focusing on Trump, Trump, Trump for three years, and they they they, they disconnect with the, the people. Correct. Uh, the blue collars. Now, the other thing I would like to say was this: uh, when I when I held up that first lock her up sign at the 2016 R N convention. And and the, them saw that, and the, and the slogan started. You know, they tried to get me removed as a delegate out of the convention. They, had,
1: they tried to get the FBI to come in there and remove me out of the convention. Wow, because you were holding and, up a sign that said, uh, lock her up.
2: Yeah, I started it, and I got, got up on the stage, and it just went crazy. Yeah. And, um, but Hillary, uh, rumor had that Hillary... Might be on
1: a VP ticket. Yeah, that's like I saw that we did. We uh, posted a video about that. We talked about that a little bit the other day. She's not going to do it. She was on the Ellen show. But, um, you know, the most poignant part of that interview that Hillary Clinton did with Ellen was when Ellen said, hey, what if somebody puts you on the ticket as a VP? She goes, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Ellen Ellen was like, you don't know that. And Hillary was like, yeah, I do know that. <laughs> I do know that. And it's true because like Bernie Sanders, she, he's not going to put Hillary Clinton on the ticket. He hates her. He hates her with a passion. She stole an entire presidential election from the guy. He could have been president. He could have at least been the nominee and had a fighting chance at it. But she stole it from him with superdelegates. So he's not going to put her on the ticket. Who else? Pete Buttigieg? There's no way. Pete Buttigieg is 38 years old. She's old enough to be his grandmother and she offers nothing to him. If he's going to put a woman on the ticket, it's going to be somebody from, I don't know, the South or the North who's not, you know, or maybe this woman from Chicago that they all love, this Whitmer. Whitmer, is there, yeah, Governor Whitmer. Uh, you know, who else is going to be, Mayor Bloomberg? Absolutely, he was the Republican mayor of New York when Hillary Clinton was the Democratic congressperson. There's no way. It's not going to happen. They all hate each other. They've all spent their entire, like, last five years of their lives explaining why the other people suck as president. You can't put them on the ticket. Hillary Clinton's out. Uh, Barack Obama, out. Michelle Obama, not going to do it. You've got to start looking around and saying, hey, who is going to be the Democratic uh, pick for vice president? Who's going to be the person that could be really attractive and deliver some votes? The good news for, for Republicans is none of them. I mean, you can't even get a clear-cut winner for president. So there's no one out there in the Democratic Party who's going to roll in and be uh you know be a vice presidential uh you know uh, running mate and and save the ticket and push everybody over the edge. Not when you got Trump Pence killing it around the country. 855-765-1045. Renee in Columbus, Georgia. How are you, Renee? I'm good. How about you? Oh, doing great. What do you want to say today?
2: So, um it's really like a two-part question or maybe three-part question. I don't know yet, but So in 2016, I don't know if that was the first time superdelegates were used or not to boost a Democratic Party nominee to become the the presidential nominee. And if that was the case, that they did do that, what stops them from doing it this time? And if they are going to use superdelegates to boost a Democratic nominee to become the presidential candidate for the Democratic Party, then how is that not wreaking... The election for the Democrats side of the of of the election anyway. Yeah. Listen,
1: the superdelegates thing that happened with Hillary Clinton is never going to happen again because Bernie Sanders went in and complained. I mean, he had a right to complain about it. Hillary Clinton spent decades making sure that these superdelegates, which were which were basically free delegates to vote for whomever they wanted. Think about this. You have delegates that are chosen and allotted by state. So, for example, New Hampshire yesterday, you go in, you campaign, people vote. Whoever gets the most votes gets the most delegates. Well, that's not true. The top two vote getters both get nine delegates. That's the way that most of these primaries work. But then with the Democrats, you have these super delegates or un, uh, what do they call it? independent delegates, uh, unpledged delegates. And they basically get to vote for whomever they want. Well, how do they decide? Easy. Who has given them the most free stuff? Who's curried the most political favor with them? Who has promised them something should they ever become president? Who has threatened their life if they don't vote for them? I mean, there's tons of ways that politicians can, can get people to perform and vote and act the way that they desire. And Hillary Clinton, and I mean, the Clintons have, alone have been doing it for years. They've been manipulating the system for years. They know how to bribe you or threaten you or cajole you or get you to act in their best interests. And that's basically, I mean, it's been the politicization uh, of the primary process for, for years with the Democrats. Bernie Sanders made such a stink about this, and his supporters were so angry that they changed the process. There's still unpledged delegates. There's still super delegates, But now they don't vote on the first ballot, and that reduces their power a little bit. Also, there's nobody running right now who has the political clout and the political history and the political machine and the political, you know, just conniving, you know, just just, I don't know, evil, sinister streak that Hillary Clinton had to go in and get all these superdelegates before the primaries even started. Nobody has been working that hard at becoming president of the United States. Hillary Clinton has been doing it since she was four years old. Pete Buttigieg wasn't even four years old when Hillary Clinton was the first lady. So she had a lot of time invested in this, and that's why it was such an issue, because she'd been planning this and and and, and cashing in those favors for years. That's a great question, though. 855-765-1045. Eric in Orange Park. How's it
2: going, Eric? How's it going, Mark? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, absolutely. What did you want to say, Eric? Yeah, I was talking about... Uh Joe Biden himself, the guy that went to South Carolina. Yeah. Um I got a question for you on that. Obviously, he lost pretty bad in New Hampshire, and now I think he thinks he's in South Carolina. Didn't he say something about he's supposed that he was in Nevada? And because I remember on TV this morning saying he just left Nevada. and Now he's in South Carolina. Is, this, is there really something wrong with this guy? Seriously, because he just forgot where he was at. Yeah, I he, mean, he basically said, "I don't yeah. know." He
1: just to me, he seems so confused. A one hundred percent. He's I mean, yeah. If you if you, he's not all there, so it doesn't. So I didn't hear that, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he said Nevada. I mean, he talked about he, he confused Houston with Dallas. You know, he said we don't believe in we don't believe in in facts. We believe in uh, or we don't believe in fiction. We believe in science fiction. He's he's screwed up basically everything he's tried to say. Instead of saying rich kids, he said white kids. I mean, there is tons of Joe Biden gaps. So we could spend hours just just talking about them. But but I mean, yeah, it would it wouldn't shock me at all. If he got up on stage and said, I just left Neptune, and I'm happy to be here in South Carolina. 855-765-1045. Joe in Orange Park. How you doing, Joe? So this is Joe. Yeah, what's up, man? Oh, uh, Okay. <clears throat> Two quick observations. Sure.
3: First of all, why don't we put the terms of the uh, acquittal? In terms that the democrats might understand because they enlisted the best and brightest of the top intelligence agencies and they found no
2: weapons of mass destruction in the trump administration
1: how about that thought i like that's a great way to put it there were no there were no wmds in the trump administration uh susie in middleburg susie how are you
2: i'm doing great today mark how
0: are you
1: doing great what do you want to say susie I thought you weren't going to make it. I'm so glad you did. 855-765-1045. We got like five more minutes. We'll try to squeeze in a couple more phone calls. If you've got something you're just itching to say on whatever you want Wednesday, give us a buzz. We'll get to you here in just a minute. It's the Markay Show and it continues on 104.5 WOKV. Thank you. Uh, eight five, thank you. Anyway, we're back in the background. 855 765 no. That's okay. That's okay. Um eight five five seven six five one oh four five. By the way, are you here tomorrow or no? Did we ever decide? Well, I'm here, but I'm not here. Okay. Uh, Josh, are you here tomorrow? Mark, you're on the air. Okay, thank you. I appreciate Coming it. Coming back from the commercial What's three, going on tomorrow? It's Thursday. But are you here? I'm here. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. What the Do you want know me
4: to come in early? I'll get some overtime.
1: I mean, no, I can't, I can't, I can't approve that. Mm. I mean, you can come in whenever you want, but I don't, I don't pay you. So if they start yelling at you about overtime, that's a whole, that's okay, a whole other okay. issue. Uh, but here's the thing: we have some tickets to see this. Uh, it's a huge concert. It's Motley Crue, it's Poison, it's Joan Jett and the Back Backheart, Blackhearts. Backhearts? Or are they Back crashers, Yep. Blackies. <laughs> and what's who else am I missing? Poison, uh,
4: Joan. I said Heart. Poison, didn't Death I? Leopard.
1: Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Hold on. Def Leppard, Poison, <laughs> Motley Crue, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts. We should write a song you to help remember. Now. You had missed one earlier, but I can't remember what it was. Okay, and some back scratchers. And yeah. they're coming uh, They're coming in September. It's going to be like a long way away, but it's going to be a great concert at TIAA Bank Stadium. Now, we were supposed to give away tickets every day this week, but we're not going to get to it today. So we'll do two pairs tomorrow. Does that work? That sounds good. Does that work yep. for everybody?
4: Yeah. And okay. that's on June 18th. I don't know if you said
1: that. Is it June 18th? I thought it was September. Is it June? June. Okay, whatever. Whatever. And then, programming note, I'm not here Friday. What? Yes. So. Oh,
2: it's the Josh and Anna show. I should not be I'm here, kidding. also, then.
1: <laughs> look, I'm not going to be here. I'm not even going to be listening. So, whatever you guys do, just as long as you, uh, you know, you just protect the license. Two hours of five five jokes, five, baby. 765 Mike is in South Jersey. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing all right. How about you, Mark? Oh, doing great, Mike. What would you want to say today on whatever oh. you want Wednesday?
3: Well, I just wanted to say you got a great show. I, I love listening to you. When I get a chance, I listen online. Oh, sweet! Well, we and, appreciate that, yeah. And uh, I wanted to say that Trump gets a lot of free publicity.
1: That is true. That is true. That's a that's a that's a great that's a great uh, that's a great comment. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, they, did he hang up or did we hang up on him? I don't know what happened. Uh, <laughs> i just want to say trump wears a red hat hello oh my God. Are you kidding me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think we may have accidentally disconnected him uh or he accidentally disconnected it doesn't matter thanks again we appreciate it tom in st augustine how are you doing tom
2: hey mark real quick um on amy klobuchar yeah i don't think anybody's going to beat the president I, I i believe that but i think amy could be the wild card in all of this If it goes to a brokered convention.
1: Oh, you think? How do you? How so?
2: Well, it looks like Sanders is not the favorite son, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, with the Democratic Party. Buttigieg. He has a he has a problem with the African American vote. Right. And if you're taking a look at her, she has really come a long way. Yeah. Um, in a short period of time. That's why I'm thinking she could be the wild card in a brokered convention because that's when the
0: superdelegates kick in.
1: All right. That's inter- That's an interesting point. I hadn't have uh, I hadn't have thought of that. But the brokered convention, I'm really, I'm going to be there. We're going to be there live broadcast. We just got approval for it. So we're going to be there the entire week broadcasting live from the DNC in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about a uh, about a brokered convention. I think that would be way more exciting than what happened last year, which was we spent four days talking about how, how Hillary was going to get the nomination. And then what happened was when Hillary did get the nomination, all of the Bernie Sanders supporters, they got all ticked off. They stormed out. They went downtown. They started protesting and cussing and breaking things. That that was when it really got exciting. So if we have a brokered convention from the get-go and we go into Milwaukee not knowing who the hell is going to lose to Donald Trump in November, I would lo- I would be so much. That would make it worth the trip uh, is all I'm saying. Lyle in Jacksonville. Lyle. Yes, sir. Hey, how's it going, man?
2: Hey, Mark. How are you? Oh, doing great, Lyle. I think we have time. Oh, you're right? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, it's Sorry. not like you. Your pet lion was uh, <laughs> saying something.
1: Lyle's That's lion. What's, <laughs> what, what's going on, Lyle? We got about. We got about one more minute. So real quick, what you want to say?
2: Man, I just. I would like to know when are somebody, anybody, going to start holding these Democrats responsible for their actions? Are there going to be any charges filed? Uh, I remember one of the senators was supposed to be filing charges on Nancy, Nancy Pelosi for tearing the uh, the speech, dumb Trump's speech, but I haven't seen anything happen.
1: Matt Gates, uh congressman from Florida, actually, he put forth an effort to censure Nancy Pelosi. Um, uh, it was an ethics review board complaint because it's not technically against the law. But, you know, eventually someone's going to have to go to jail because, yeah, I think even if they just pick one person and throw them in jail, I think that would appease everybody, at least through the convention. So, anyway, we'll see. We'll follow along. If somebody gets thrown in jail, we'll be the we'll be the first to let you know. So, keep listening to 104.5 WOKV. We'll be back tomorrow. What the bleep? We'll have not one but two pairs of tickets to that massive concert and uh, more of your phone calls and open mic messages. Stay tuned. Traffic, weather, the news, and Rush Limbaugh coming up next on
0: 104.5 WOKV. Waiting on a tax return?